join presenters and other listeners at transradiouk.com. Truck United FC, the new football team for the LGBT community. Visit TIUKUnitedFC.com for more details. Trans Radio UK, here for the community, 24 hours a day. It's Sunday, it's 9pm, and that can only mean one thing. It is, of course, time for the G&T Show with myself, the G, Kevin. And myself, Phoenix, the T. You know, we really need the Muppet Show intro. I know, but we we uh, we used to have it, and then I don't know why we stopped with it. I'll, I'll sort it. Listeners, don't worry. We will have the Muppets <laughs> bringing <laughs> us in. <laughs> Mind you, that should actually be for um, Philip Schofield now. Because oh, he is being a bit of a muppet. Mm, I know he well, is so precious, unlike us. Well, exactly. How are um, you? How's things? Yes, not too bad. I tell you what, the country seems to be in the grip of muppet mania. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I personally would call it strong and stable. <laughs> oh, I'd forgotten about that bloody fr- the phrase. <laughs> oh, how could we? How could we ever forget strong and stable? I mean, it's just madness, isn't it? I mean, I'm I'm so pleased Liz Truss gave up before she even started. Thank you, Liz. Love yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and word is today that Boris still hasn't gained enough backers just yet. Yep. To kick off a rerun for Prime Minister. So, I mean, ideally for me, I would like um I'd like Penny to be the one that takes it on because although she she threw us under a bus. Um, she's the less extreme. Yeah. But even if Sunak gets it, I hope he does so with a general election. But you know the 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 thing about Sunak, it's I mean, firstly, I think there should be a general election. Yeah, good. Um, I think we as a as as a country are so far removed from what what people voted in uh, when Boris came to power. Um. And uh, yeah, I think we're we're well overdue a general election um, to sort this ridiculous race out. Um, but you take a look at, I mean, yeah, if Sunak gets in, then then they're not going to win at the next general election. I mean, in a cost of <laughs> in a cost of living crisis, and um, people are actually getting excited about voting in a man whose wife is richer than the king. I mean, really. Um, and I know we don't really touch on politics here. And these are not the politics of trans radio. These are the politics of, I think we can still say that, you know, the government are a bunch of Muppets. Yes. Yeah, we do need to reiterate for anybody listening that we don't take a political stance, but um, the Tories are scum. <laughs> so what have you been up to this week? Because I, uh, I I have a slight idea what you've been up to, but um, I just wanted to have a wee chat with you about it. Well, so this week was the um, the so-called, um, it's weird, they call themselves the LGB Alliance, but they're actually a group of heterosexuals who just hate trans people. Um, so the, uh, and they're obviously recognised as a hate group. So I am perfectly entitled to say that the heterosexual organisation, the so-called LGB Alliance, um, designated a worldwide hate group, uh, held their conference this week. And we mm-hmm. made sure that we were there to, I mean, basically hurl abuse at the heterosexuals, I guess, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let our um, voices be heard. It was wet. It was raining. It was extremely cold. Oh. <laughs> but we were there and we made our voices heard 
All the meanwhile, they kept coming out the front of the building, the Queen Elizabeth. The second conference centre, which is a government-owned building, which is yeah. why the, the Alliance got to use it. Um, they kept coming out the front and they kept um, mocking, taking photos of us. Mm -hmm. They would do so from the inside, from the window, they'd stand there and point and laugh. You know, all the childish things you expect from... Absolutely. From primary schools in the playground. Um, these fully grown middle-aged white men and women um binary because you wouldn't find a non-binary person in there <laughs> um we're all doing from inside the building and strangely enough one um i'm going to call him a gentleman i think he's far from it but um he posted a photo on twitter mm -hmm. and he said mocking us or some of the younger people that were there, should I say, not me personally, because I'm old enough to be God. Mm -hmm. um, in this photo, there are some young people and they said, um, these kids have obviously skipped school. Wait till your parents find out. Which is strange on multiple levels because I mean, if it was a joke, then he missed the comedy part of it because don't get it yeah um if he truly believes their children he's taking photos of them and putting them online yeah absolutely which to me is like that's a big no yeah yeah <laughs> um and yet don't forget trans people are the perverts so yeah it's um all very weird and strange but i, I i'm very pleased to see the photos and the videos coming from the lgb the so-called lgb alliance conference because i mean their disco had about 25 people oh really yeah um and the gayest thing about their disco was barbara streisand being played um or belinda carlisle <laughs> and be beyond that there was not much gay to it because it was just straights and of course the dance floor is empty straights don't know how to dance when like, have they ever <laughs> i mean they, they do that that weird walk up to the phone box, pick up the receiver, you know, that kind of dancing. Big fish, little fish, cardboard box. That's the one, yeah. Um, so that's what I was doing. And unfortunately, it has made me unwell now. Um, so I, I apologise for not being my usual tigger. Boing, Bounce, boing, boing, boing. Bouncy, fun, 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 fun. Um, so let's go to you and find out what you've been doing. Well, apart from being <coughs> glued to uh, the the media this week, I haven't um, I haven't properly watched the news since a few days after COVID broke out. So two and a half years, really. Sounds um, very sensible, if you ask me. Yeah, it's just why invite that kind of. I made a very conscious decision during COVID one. I was just going to ignore it all and live in my little bubble with my cats and uh, be a crazy cat and dog person and yeah. ignore the world. Um. But I have been keeping an eye on this week and just, you know, some of the stuff that's being replayed uh, is, I mean, I think we all remember during the, the summer when, uh, when one of Rishi Sunak's ally uh, was quoted in the, the Mail on Sunday that he would reverse recent trends to erase women via the use of clumsy gender neutral language. Mm. Let, us not, let us not forget that when thinking about mm. who. Um, and uh, and that that ally of his also uh, claimed that, Lucy, uh, that uh, Rishi would launch a manifesto for women's rights, so uh, which would include a ban on trans women in sport. Uh, so of course this all came via an ally, but uh, but you tend to find that allies of these people, if they make their way to the uh, Mail on Sunday, then 
it's normally a fairly reliable source for for their allies because they do like to leak to the the uh, the the hate mail. Leak. They're like colanders, the lot of them. <laughs> for some reason, in my head, you just said coriander. I mean, it works. It, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like we've coriander. had a bunch of lettuce, so why not coriander? Well, oh, I like. the lettuce outlived Liz Truss's prime ministerial ship. I know, let us pray. I know. Let us laugh at Liz Truss. I wanted, years ago, my, my very dear friend Sue had the letting agency in Salisbury, and I wanted Sue to, she wanted to do a rebrand because it was a very, uh, it was a bit of an old name. And I wanted her to call us, to call it Let Us Rent. And whenever everybody rented a property with her, they got a lovely little pot with one of those grow your own lettuce yes, uh, yeah. inside it. And I thought yeah. that would be a great gimmick, Let Us Rent. Well, I, I thought it was a great gimmick as well. That So, I mean, her premiership went down like the Titanic and um, she got outlived by an iceberg, which I just thought was, <laughs> you know, poetic, really. Went down faster than your dear self, Phoenix. That's not true because there is no such thing. <laughs> of course, a phoenix only rises. It doesn't go down. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, you know, speaking of Salisbury... <clears throat> I now I did see it when it was released at the time, but uh, I'd kind of forgotten about it. And I rewatched uh, over the weekend. I rewatched the Salisbury poisonings, the uh, three yes. episode docu series. Yeah. And Joe, I don't think I think it didn't really sink in because uh, I mean this is this is just over four years ago now, and I left Salisbury. Gosh, about ten years ago, but I'd lived there for six years, and the bench that the Shrivnals, uh that they uh, passed out on, I would quite often sit there and watch the world go by because it was over near where the the swans and the ducks were, and where the back oh, of the river was. Okay. So, yeah. In my last year in uh, London, my ex, uh, sorry, my last year in Salisbury, my ex was in London uh, doing a, a masters. So. I uh I lived alone and worked at home, so quite often during the day, just to get out and get some fresh air and kind of see people, I'd wander over to Sainsbury's or Tesco, which were kind of opposite each other, and and sit on uh, on either that park bench or one of the other two or three that that were around it. And it's only when you're watching it, you think, dear lord, and when you see the gravity of the con- of trying to contain the Novichok at the time, it's um it's because I didn't live there when it happened. It didn't really sink in that that you know this is where I used to live and used to sit and it's it makes it, it very is... real doesn't it when you when you personally know you've been there you've you know that kind of stuff all of a sudden a news a simple news article becomes very real absolutely and you know I refuse to go back I mean I, I still have a lot of because I lived there for so many years I still have a lot of friends there it took me a long while to go back I used to kind of go back once a year and visit but it took me quite a while after the Novichok incident because I know this might sound really silly but because it was kind of a month a month and a half after the first poisonings that uh, those couple that the couple tragically picked up the container where it was in the uh, the, the, the yes. uh, fragrance container yeah um I just kind of thought I remember for a long time after it I was afraid to go down there because my big worry was walking around and walking around the city centre, will I get a bit on shoes? Will I bring it into cats and dogs? And I know it sounds silly. And at the time, you know, the, the Theresa May was trying to reassure people and uh, Prince Charles, well, now King Charles and uh, Camilla went there. And it was just all a very odd chapter in history. It was. And it was kind of a simpler day as well, because obviously, I don't know if you've, because you don't really watch the news that much. They told us the other day that three weeks ago, uh, they've kept it quiet till now. The Russians actually fired a missile at a um, British jet. I heard none of this. 
Yes. So it happened three weeks ago and they kept it quiet to allay people's fears. But the Russians, yeah, a Russian plane fired a missile at a British jet that was going over the Black Sea somewhere. Um, having followed us for a number of miles, for an hour or something, they then fired a missile at us. Um, and you think back to the, the simpler days of of a chemical on a fragrance bottle. I mean, it's just, just scary. Really hasn't is. the world changed very, very quickly? And this is why this is why I don't tend to watch the news. Yes. Um, on a on a very positive note, though, I went along on Thursday evening to the lovely Taylor. Now we should say. We had the lovely Taylor on the show two weeks ago and gorgeous uh, man. Absolutely gorgeous. In not just to listen to, but to look at. And absolutely. The, the very lovely Taylor. And yeah. uh for anybody that didn't hear that, we're actually going to replay uh that interview tonight because um his fundraiser went incredibly well. He'd already been up to about eighteen, nineteen hundred pounds on the crowdfunding. Uh the event raised effectively about another grand on Thursday night. Oh, brilliant. So he's edging very close to his uh to raising the total needed to be able to have a legal defense to stay in the UK. But we won't steal his thunder. We'll let him tell you all about that uh after the break. But um but it was an incredible night. Some lovely uh performers took to the stage and friends of Taylor's had kind of helped to arrange it. And uh, there were, there were trans performers, non-binary, cisgender. It was great. It was a, it was a lovely evening. And um, we, we went out after and had a few sherries. So my head was slightly sore on Friday morning, but it was a you? great night out. Well, yeah. <laughs> Says me sitting, sipping a cup of coffee. You know, that's how, uh, that's Same. how rock and roll I am. <laughs> We really are rock and roll, but that's a great point to take us up to a commercial. And after the ad break, we'll play that interview with Taylor again, just in case anybody didn't hear it a fortnight ago, because it's a great, it really was a great interview and uh, and the story needs to be heard. So uh, how about we play that, Phoenix? And, yeah, it's, uh, then and it's brilliant. So don't go anywhere. And we will see you after this break. This is TransRadioUK.com, transmitting throughout the UK and the world. It's very rare on the GNT show that I have the privilege of interviewing one of my very dear friends. Oh, uh, thank you. Oh, not you, you gobshite. Um, um so <laughs> as everybody knows, over the last year, and it is a year, oh, Phoenix, did you know this? I got a Facebook memory. My very first show on Trans Radio was this week a year ago. Blimey. I know. And ever since then, I've done uh, lots of shows and about three community newsers because I forget every bloody week. And he's not joking because as his boss, I constantly get messages saying, oh, <laughs> can I, can I please? See, people just, people just want me because, uh, you know, let's be honest about it. If you were a listener out there and you had the choice of my voice or your voice, Phoenix, you're going to take the nice Irish voice every bloody time, not your gobshite To be voice. sure, to be sure. Top of the morning to you, <laughs> even though it's 9pm at night. But um, <laughs> anyway, back to our guest. So it's as I say, it's very rare. I've spoken to many people over the last uh, year. It's very rare I have the privilege of speaking to a friend and not just a friend, but a very, very dear friend. Um, Phoenix, you and I have spoken about Taylor numerous times over the we last have, number of weeks. We have, and I know just how much you think of him as well. And you've always, you always speak so highly of him. And I've been so excited to talk to him. I know, it's he's basically like the polar opposite of you. Um, so yeah, Taylor's incredible. What, he's a man, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, so Taylor, one of the things you might not have realized is uh, Phoenix and I have spoken about you, and I use you as a reference point. Uh, over the last number of weeks, I've spoken quite a lot about you, and I've said to Phoenix, I want to get you on the show, but we are getting you on the show, not under the best of circumstances. So do you want to tell... Why don't we t let you tell your story about uh, what's going on at the moment? So I'll, I'll start. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Taylor. I am a transgender disabled artist from the United States, and I've been living in the UK for the last five years. I moved here originally for um, school to get my master's at Goldsmiths um, in art. And so I could continue doing um, activism um, and speaking through visual language and um, I've kind of come across this um, series of unfortunate events. And in the last few years, I, um, I did meet someone. I did fall in love and I got married. And it turned out to be a domestic abuse situation. And I have now been reported to the home office as a relationship breakdown, which has given me a month to raise 5,000 quid. Um, to stay in the UK. And if I don't make the funds that I need to make, I will be sent back to the States where I have no family. I have um, no place to live. I'll be homeless again. It'll be the third time that I've been homeless this year. And I'm absolutely terrified because this is my home. This is my community. This is where I I get my chosen family support. This is where I feel safe enough to make the art that I do make and it's just really been such a trying time in my life and I, I I hate to ask for things but I know that when we come together as a community we're able to get so much done and so I'm really just at the, the mercy of others right now. And can I just say your art isn't uh, just good your art is exceptional and I'm saying this from a non biased point of view it's uh although uh taylor calls me uncle kevin uh and his his two dads uh are the the boys from popstacular where i have the shop concession um taylor's art is incredible he plays with colors and um he plays with uh 3d and his designs are incredible taylor had anybody who saw i think anybody that, that listens to the show and, and follows along will have seen all of my photographs from uh london fashion week uh, a few weeks ago and that was basically all of the streetwear that was there. That those were predominantly Taylor's designs. He's an incredible designer, and also has started recently doing uh, tattoos in uh, the shop, and and is now a, a licensed uh, tattooist there because he's such an incredible artist. But one of the things before we get into where we are at the moment, Taylor. Can we go back a little bit? Because one of the things that I've spoken about extensively on this program um, and prior to the GNT show, uh, when it was the LGBTQ plus late show on a, a Sunday night, um, back when it was much more fun before that. Uh, before Shut that your blood. face. <laughs> um, but back then, I've spoken a lot about conversion therapy. Um can we go back a bit? Because we've spoken about this and I hope you don't mind me bringing this. If you don't want me to speak about this, Taylor, tell me to shut up. But No, I'd, not at all. Not at all. This is all good. I'd, I'd, I'd like to talk about the fact, particularly where we are in a place in the UK at the moment where we have, you know, the perhaps worst leader we've had in decades and who uh, said they would push through conversion therapy, but not for trans people. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience of conversion therapy in the US? Most definitely. So I will start out by saying that I 
I had to leave my parents' house at 16. Um, I have no siblings, nothing, um, but I just couldn't take it anymore. I was constantly under um, religious oppression and people trying to change me. And I remember I was sent to many different um, functions and conversion therapies and things where they would, you know, they would take your alarm clock, they would take your watch, they would take your phone, you have no concept of time, you have no, um, no, no means of, of getting yourself out of these situations. It's an attempt and to brainwash, right? That, that's the idea. That's why they take the stuff off you. And that's why they want you to have no concept of what's going on. Exactly. They're, they're very much trying to manipulate how you feel. And when you when you feel like you're overburdened in this way, and you you feel like, people are deliberately trying to change who you are. It's so damaging as a young person. And um, I, you know, I was lucky enough to get out of it. I, um, when I was a teenager as well, my, my parents thought it would be a good idea to send me as a missionary to Panama. So um, by 14, I was living in Panama for a few months and I had no running water, no electricity. Um, I lived on both sides of Panama. And if anything, that experience, instead of uh, straightening me out or, making me not trans if anything it, it taught me that i was resilient and that i that i could you know live you know happily with nothing and i could i could you know make this work and it, it gave me more tools <laughs> to fight back and to say no this is my life and um you know coming coming out of those situations i remember there were points in my life where when i was physically able to i was working three jobs just to make it i remember some days i would start my day at 7 a.m work one shift somewhere till 3 p.m i'd work at another place um, from 6 p.m to 10 p.m and then i was working at a nightclub um from 11 to 1 and sometimes that was the the cycle of my week and it was it was insanely difficult and um, you know, and I just I worry about about our young people. I worry about this conversion therapy. I know that it's so damaging. And I just I, I want to speak out about my story because I don't want anyone to have to grow up the way that I did. And I feel mm -hmm. that it, it's so important that even though these experiences are painful, that it's important to ad address these and say, you know, you're not alone and other people are, are have gone through this as well. And they know kind of the, the terror that you're facing it's excuse me i've got a sore throat at the moment so um it sounds to me that at the moment what you're saying is a very similar situation that happened to me with my experience with conversion therapy and that was that instead of actually making any changes it helps to reinforce what you already know to be true and if anything it makes you look at what they're trying to do and laugh even harder because you're suddenly in a situation where they're trying to tell you what to be and how to be and they're doing all these weird and strange things and it's making you stand back even more and going no that's just ridiculous exactly exactly and and you know and the thing about this journey is that it is so easy to get bitter it is so easy to be hard it is so easy to take these experiences and become jaded but the thing is is you have to remain tender you can't always be militant there are things that you can be militant about but you can't always be militant about things because you have to live your life in joy and in happiness and if somebody doesn't understand you or doesn't respect you it doesn't mean that you have to go out of your way to disrespect them I'm fine with people not understanding me and misunderstanding me. It's not about that. It's that I'm confident and I'm happy in myself and I respect others. I respect people of every, 
um, every religion, every background, every, every life story. It's like, you're another human being. I'm a human being. Let's respect each other. And we're, we're allowed to make different decisions for how our lives go. But if I hadn't made the decisions that I made, I wouldn't be here today. And I, I feel really strongly about that. And it's just, um, staying tender and trying to, you know, have peace in a world that wants to uproot all of your peace and all of your, you know, your safety and your comfort. And I think one of the things, Taylor, that uh, we have spoken about over the last week, perhaps uh, two weeks, is the fact that, you know, you have been in the UK for a number of years now. Uh, You are a hardworking. And in fact, if anybody wants to ask how hardworking, I mean, Taylor, when Taylor said about the hours that he worked in America, uh, he works somewhat similar hours here in the UK. So, Taylor, you are a taxpaying, hardworking citizen here and have every entitlement to NHS treatment, uh, which you need. Uh, if you go back to the US as somebody who has a disability, how I mean, take forgetting the trans issues for two minutes, but as a person with a disability, how will that affect your life if you have to go back to the US? Which, by the way, I should say, we are not letting them take you back. No, no. Tie me to the tie me to the plane. We're not leaving. <laughs> oh, don't ask me, don't, to. Taylor. Don't ask, don't ask. To tie you down. I was going to say he he's got certificate in ropes and whips and all sorts. I'm here. Just don't give him that. Oh my goodness. If anybody, uh, well, of course, because we're on radio, nobody will be able to see this. But you'll see whenever I share Taylor's story, uh, because I'm about to share it uh, now and uh, on the socials. So when you see Taylor's uh, story being shared and when you see his photographs, Taylor is just the most handsome man that uh, oh, if oh, I hadn't met my... I if can I concur. He is gorgeous. Uncle Kevin. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh don't say Uncle oh. Kevin. Don't say Uncle Kevin. It makes me feel a bit wrong. It makes me feel like a BBC presenter If you're going to say Uncle Kevin, you need to say it with like, oh, Uncle Kevin. <laughs> 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 that's a that's a it's a different that's a different show phoenix oh sorry which one are we on <laughs> oh um i don't know how we get on to the fact that you were uh incredibly uh handsome taylor but we started at the we started at the disability and how would that impede your life if you had to move back to the u.s so i i suffer from ehlers danlos syndrome which if you've ever watched rupaul's drag race you've seen evie oddly and um, she's magnificent and bendy and wonderful. I have a really severe case of Ehlers-Danlos. And if you don't know what it is, it is a, a collagen deficiency in the body that causes all of my joints to dislocate. And so it's really, really uncomfortable. I have to wear um, full-on leg braces every day where eventually I will be needing um, knee replacement surgery. I will be needing hip replacement surgery. And I'm probably going to have to have my ankles fused. Um, just because of how severe of a case I have, I've done physical therapy. I've tried every medicine you can try for this on the market and I've just had no luck and it has really, uh, tested me and it's really been hard. I, I lost mobility in my legs about two years ago and I've been on, um, um, a, a crutch and with the braces now for about two years and. Um, you know, before that I was, I was kind of hell on wheels. I was, I was able to, uh, I did Taekwondo for many years. I used to be able to ride a bicycle and I'm at this point in my life now where I can't even drive a car. Mm-hmm. So, um, having, having this disability is really limiting because there's, if, if I had to go back to the States, there's only, 
I can only live somewhere where there's really, really good accessibility and to be able to, to get around to even have a job. Um, Cause like I said, I'm losing my ability to drive because of my ankles and the dislocation, it's just not safe anymore. Um, on top of the Ehlers-Danlos, I have a separate branch of it that is called POTS, and that's post-orthotic tachyarda syndrome. And so whenever I sit up or stand up in a certain way, it actually causes me to black out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've taken many falls, and I've had, like, fainting spells, and it's just been really, really complicated. And so to be able to be somewhere like the UK where we we have access to the NHS is it's just phenomenal because honestly like universal healthcare is is such an important thing to have and it's a fundamental um, human right if we if we're all very honest about it most certainly and for me the the issue is is that you know I, I do you know I do tattooing I do all this work but you know this doesn't that wouldn't provide me with um, with healthcare in the states, like it, yeah. everything is out of pocket, and most most of the jobs that I've worked, they don't provide any any sort of healthcare, and so you're looking at all of these healthcare premiums and everything, and trying to to sort everything out. But it's just such a slippery slope. And then being a trans person, I've been fired from jobs before because some some places in the United States are called fire at will states mm-hmm. and they can fire you for any reason. They, they don't even have to give you a reason they can fire you for it. But I remember years and years ago, back like when I said I was working three jobs, one of my jobs that I was working at, even though I had worked there for many years, when I um, asked off time for work, um, which I pay and I paid it when I started transitioning, you could not get anything covered on insurance. You couldn't mm-hmm. get hormones covered on insurance. Like even if you had insurance, it wouldn't it wouldn't cover it. So when I first started transitioning, I actually paid for everything out of pocket. I paid for all of my hormones out of pocket. I paid for my chest surgery. Um, I remember I just I brought cash to the hospital. That was such a trip yeah. <laughs> to pay for my to pay for my chest surgery. Um and so, and so all these things like the, I didn't have any access to this. And then what happened was, is I told my employer, I was like, okay, I need to take off some time for work, um, to, to have a, a gender affirming surgery. And so I went off, I took off eight days from work, um, to go down. I was living in Tennessee at the time. I took eight days off work to go down to Florida to have my top surgery. And what happened was I came back home after, having surgery and I called my bosses because I hadn't I hadn't heard from them and I was like okay you know it's been I've I've recovered enough to do what I was doing and this was a job this was a pretty liberal job I was working as a painting teacher Mm -hmm. um, at a private studio and I came back and they said well why don't you come in and I thought oh okay you know they're going to talk to me about my schedule so I go and I walk in and and they said Taylor we're going to need your keys back um, we don't oh, care Lord. about your silly personal surgeries and they fired me and I, and my head Jesus. spun so fast. Like there was just no, no security in that. And there was nothing I could do. I couldn't, I couldn't fight back. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do anything because of where I was living at the time at Tennessee, it was a fire at will state. And there was nothing that I could do to, to, to fight back. And also I was, I was 19. Mm-hmm. I was so young. I didn't, I didn't feel like I even had any resources to be able to fight back. And now you've got all of these harmful policies that are coming up in the States and it's don't say gay, don't say trans, don't yeah. do this, don't do that. And, you know, 
it's terrifying because originally I got my degree because I wanted to be a teacher. And now I really can't because there's no job security in the States. What like to be a teacher at all? Like, mm-hmm. because if anybody finds out I'm trans, which is like, I'm, I'm just really open and transparent about it because I feel, I feel like I have to be, you know, I, I feel like I experience a lot of privilege as a trans man because I do come off exactly the way that I intend to and people you know people see me in one way but I I feel that like I can't hide behind that like mm-hmm. I can't live my life yeah um as a secret and I wouldn't want to and I also and I just I think that it's so dangerous so I do feel the need to be upfront um it's also with people I mean, and, from from my understand from my from the way that I live my life there's also a sense of owing so just because you or I could go under the radar. It doesn't mean that others can. And by by pretending that we're some, by pretending that we're cis rather than trans, we are letting down all those before us and all those with us and all those that are yet to come, who will be struggling, because for whatever reason society doesn't deem them. And I hate this word, but I have to use it so that listeners understand they don't pass enough, and. And I can't, I can't sit back and allow that. And that's the feeling that I'm getting from you. I think exactly. Do you know what, Taylor? One of the things that, uh, as the, as the only non-trans person in this group of three people uh, speaking, one of the things that I find most remarkable about you, and I find many things remarkable about you, but one of the things I find most remarkable is, uh, and Phoenix just said that word "pass." Um, so I had no idea that you were trans when we first met. But you make it very clear to anybody because, um, and again, as Phoenix said, I hate that word pass. Um, but as a trans man, I mean, it, it, it's, I would never in a million years have known that that you were trans Taylor. Um, but you make a point of telling people, of spreading the word, of being loud and proud and proudly trans. And I love and respect that, that you stand up for all the people that just because you, the word it's that Phoenix said. The word that Phoenix said, just because you pass, you stand up for everybody else who doesn't or who. So and that to me is incredible. And and I adore that. Yeah. But you know what? It's it's it, I got to do it. And also it's like um, my whole thing is it's like there are people that, you know, wait until the, the second half of their lives to transition and i'm like you're they're the brave ones they're they're, these are the people that have had their lives already established these are people like it it, for me like i start i will live longer as a man than i had ever lived before as a woman and like for me like that's that's true bravery is living your whole life having this this misery inside of you and knowing knowing that you're you're this other person and then and then finally choosing to go you know start your transition like whether it's medical or not and like so many people transition so many different ways and like for me i know bottom surgery isn't a part of my transition and i'm okay with that like i i've done everything that i want to do as a trans person and i've i've had you know certain surgeries done that that i feel have been affirming to me but like you know i i i just i really applaud people for transitioning on their own terms whatever that means to them and however that means but like my my oh god my appreciation for for people that are have have been long established in life and then finally decide 
okay, you know what? No more of this. I can't do this anymore. I've got to come out and be me. That's, that's who I do it for, you know, and not everybody is going to, like I said, I, I transitioned really young. I transitioned at 19 and by, by about, you know, six months on hormones, I decided that I was going to have my chest surgery. And, um, you know, not everybody has that, that assuredness when they're, when they're starting out, not everybody kind of has access to those things. And so I just, I, I just love people where they're at, wherever they're at on this journey, because it's can beautiful. I, can I and when just you say find something? Yourself- and that is, it's interesting that we're talking about this now, because this week we've had yet again another week where JK Trolling oh. has, <laughs> has spent a week doing unbelievable things, including, doing work. including <laughs> bullying a Jewish man who, when he said, and I, the reason I've announced that he's Jewish and this is the leader of Pink News, that he was going off to celebrate a Jewish religious act and said he wouldn't be online. So she chose that moment to send her minions over to his account and start bullying him because she knew that he wouldn't be around because he was celebrating his faith. And the reason I've mentioned her is is she has been referred to this week by many people, including the press, as a hero. And I want to point out who in this situation right here, right now in this conversation is, is a hero. And that is Taylor. Hmm. We are talking about somebody who has, who has traveled across the breadth of the world to try and find some kind of peace and understanding who has gone to a different country that he didn't know that he has worked hard in. He's paid tax towards that. He's living and battling with a disability, which in some cases has been known to shorten lives, which is painful which is, it's, it's an awful, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome is just, it's just awful to live with. So, you know, my heart goes out to you for that. Um, you, you are now, you were in an abusive relationship. I'm really sorry to hear that happened. And you've dealt with that. Every battle you've had along the way, you're not privileged, you're not rich, you're not living in the castle, you don't have you, you don't spout hate all these things that jk rowling does and she gets called a hero for hmm. the true hero in this story is you and thank I think- you phoenix that means so much to me i have to say too just on on talking about jk rowling you know a few years ago when she first started coming out with all this anti-trans turfy you know what um i i started making paintings about it and i actually i made a, a one of my first like real text paintings that I did and it said, um, cause everything's tea related with me. So it, it started with a T and it said, thought I liked Rowling. Turns out I was JK and it had a snapped broomstick on the front of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So maybe I'll have to bring that design back yes. out. Well- <laughs> I think one of, the, one of the things Taylor that uh, for anybody listening who, because one of the things I, I just thought about as Phoenix was saying that, Anybody listening who doesn't know Taylor won't appreciate the fact of, uh, I'm not going to say your age, Taylor. Uh, Are you happy to say it? Oh, we can say it. I turned the big 30 this summer. You (laughs) did not. So Taylor, Taylor, just turned 30 going through these things. And Taylor, one of the things that you might not appreciate because we're doing this, obviously over the radio, one of the things you might not appreciate is Phoenix and I speak quite frequently about uh, about the rights of disabled LGBTQ people because Phoenix is in a wheelchair and Felix is, uh, Phoenix has a disability also. Um, so to speak to you about that, uh, Taylor, and 
I just got the impression as we were speaking, some people may, I mean, people could have thought you were 50, 60, whatever. As somebody who's just turned 30 to be going through this kind of disability and now with the threat of and having gone through the trans journey, now with this threat of deportation, we are going to, do you know what, we're, we're going to hide you somewhere. Um, I mean, let's face it, I'm fat enough. I mean, you, you must be able to fit in my belly or... Uh, I've actually got I've actually got a spare side to my bed, which I can assure you is a lot nicer. Phoenix, um, just quit with the trying no, to get no, Taylor into I'm, bed. No, I'm trying, I'm trying to do him a favour. Look, I've, it's, it's winter. We're both going to be cold. I'm just saying... Okay, oh, I so you're not face. using you're not using energy bills to try and get a shag, Phoenix. That's a good point. Really, we can save energy <laughs> bills. <laughs> you know what? We can we cannot. Let's we, we just have to team up. We just have to team up. <laughs> Taylor, I am not letting energy you get, bills are rising. I am not letting you get within five miles of her, Taylor. <laughs> Hazel Dean already has a, a a restraining order out against her. Um, she found her in in, in her garden uh, when she moved house. But on a serious note, I was just um, what. Watching. Yeah, with a pair of binoculars, two On feet a away. serious note, the leg of my chair just broke. I just fell onto the floor. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> oh, my God. You are actually on the floor. Yeah. Wow. I literally did. Yeah. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> I. That's Ikea for you. It's just a joke. It's a joke. It's not Ikea. <laughs> Um, so on a serious note, though, uh, I'm going to, do you know, what? I'm not going to give people because the they domain is much too long with the just giving and all of that. Um, those are all much too long. So I'm going to share them. And I'm sure Phoenix will not mind sharing them on the, of course not. On the uh, yeah. LGB with the T uh, socials and stuff. We will share those. You've done remarkable already, Taylor, of the £5,000 you need to uh, pay legal fees to fight the extradition. Um, you've already raised over a quarter of it that's incredible anybody listening in this evening this boy has the very first thing i said about taylor when i met him uh to my very dear friend sue coleman who i speak about quite a lot in the show first thing i said to sue was taylor has a yellow aura he emanates positivity uh beauty just taylor you're one of the most incredible people i've ever met we are not going to let them take you back to that shithole um across the pond and uh we are going to make sure that the money is raised and we are going to keep you here and anybody listening in tonight even if it's only 20 pence i appreciate there's a cost of living crisis if you've got 10p 20p a pound whatever you can afford i i know we're asking a lot because i know that nobody has anything at the minute um and especially in the trans community when people are having to self-fund but if you've got a couple of bobs spare if you've got anything at all follow the socials take a look and please do donate or even uh, just sharing just sharing even just spreading the word that helps so much and is so appreciated any any kind of um, sharing of the campaign um, i know that i've got a um, i've got some fundraisers coming up too um, so I'll be posting about that on, on social media and, um, just trying to get, I think we're trying to get some like drag and, um, variety acts, um, together to, um, to do that. Is Taylor, that what um, maybe some art people can buy some art of yours that people can buy, um, to feel like that they're getting something, you know, something to hang on their wall or something out of it as well. Most definitely. And I'm actually making t-shirts right now as well. Okay. And they will be um, 15 pounds. And I'm super, super excited. I did this uh, design the other day. I'm just about yeah. to post it um, pretty soon on social media. I'm not sure if Kevin has seen it or not yet. 
possibly. I'll have to. He'll just copy it from his store. Don't show it to him. He honestly does it to all my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Did she say something? I love it. I thought, I, I, on, I thought I was on mute. <laughs> I I just I I tune in occasionally, you know. This is why um this is why I uh just get drunk on the show. It's it, it's why it's called the G and T show. It's not the gay and trans. It's actually gin and tonic. I just I get drunk because then I I don't hear a word she says. It's great. I can tune out so. Do you see the abuse I put up with? Do you do you see? It's just disgusting. Can I just say off air? She Ke- asked me. Kevin just likes to wrestle. He just likes to wrestle. He just he just needs a good wrestle. Yeah. Actually, do you know what? Four o'clock this morning, I woke up, couldn't sleep whatsoever last night. Four o'clock this morning, I woke up, couldn't get back to sleep. And I went over to the wardrobe and got a wrestling singlet out and put it in Simon. And the poor boy was abused at 4 a.m. Uh, so uh, I'm not sure if he'd like me to share that story, but hey ho, it's shared now. Yeah, there we go. It, Ta- Taylor, you painted you, such a, a mental image. <laughs> thank you so much for your honesty and thank you for being here. Thank you just for being you. You're, you're truly, I, I read I read your GoFundMe and, um, or the, the GoFundMe your friend's done for you, should I say, and it, it really spoke to me. And having spoken to you today, you're a really lovely person. So, so just thank you for being you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I can't tell you enough how much this means to me. I've... I've never really had much of a safety net in my life and the community and the love and the way people are standing for me and, and working behind the scenes for me. Like it has just been so moving. Like I, I spent a lot of last week having um, anxious tears and a lot of just worry and fear. And this week has been all tears of joy. It's been just people coming forward coming together and just making me feel like no this isn't going to happen and we're going to fight back and you know I'm not going anywhere and everything and I just can't tell you how much different I feel because of all the support and all the love that I've gotten like I just I feel so grateful and so lucky and I know that if I get to stay in the UK I'm, I'm going to be even more of a force for good and I, I love working with charities and doing events and I just want to get back to, to, you know, getting out of this anxiety, get back to me so I can, I can do some, some good again. And well, and really... I, know, I know Kevin will agree with me when I say that, you know, we are a community, LGBTQ plus community, and that means family. So we will do what we can to, to try and help and to, to keep you happy and safe. And I oh, wish thank you, you so much. I wish you all the strength of uh, Phoenix's gusset. And trust me, that's got some strength. <laughs> It's got some strength. <laughs> it needs to. Taylor, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, well, I'll see you. I'll see you at the start of the week. Uh, but thank you so much. We're going to share everything on socials. Anybody who's just listened in, it's all going to be in the socials. Gwyn, uh, stick a couple of bob in if you can, or buy one of Taylor's T-shirts. Um, it's a bit like uh, Deirdre Rashid uh, from Coronation Street. Taylor, you won't get that <laughs> reference. Um, Taylor's, t- uh, Taylor's T-shirt is uh, Save Taylor. It is very much so. It's Taylor is the trans Deirdre Rashid without the big spectacles. Um, so go and buy one of the T-shirts or donate a couple of Bob. And thank you so much for joining us this evening, Taylor. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great rest of your night. Oh, thank you. We love you. Bye. I love you. Bye. 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 Good evening and welcome back to G&T Show with myself, Phoenix. I'm the T. And I'm Kevin, the big flaming G. Hello. Listen, there's a story we've got to touch on. 
because it oh. just made me laugh. I mean, it's meant to be serious, but I couldn't help but laugh. Russia have now said that Peppa Pig is turning people gay. What? I believe it's down to um, Peppa Pig have introduced um, a lesbian couple of polar bears. Oh, my God. Um, in one episode, a polar bear is drawing a portrait of her family and says, I live with my mummy and my other mummy. So Russians are now banning Peppa Pig because it is turning people gay. You have got to be kidding me. Do you know, I didn't have that on my 2022 bingo card. Yes. I'm, gu I'm gutted. I ticked all the others off quite quite quickly, but this one, just not there. Um, they're saying that LGBT is nowadays a tool of a hybrid war, and that's in a hybrid war, we must protect our traditional values. Um, and yes, and he, he um, backed that up by using Peppa Pig as um, one of the things they believe is turning people gay in Russia. And I've got to say, if you're in a country where something as simple and benign as Peppa Bloody Pig is turning people gay, then you've got a problem. I will never eat a Peppa Pig in quite the same way again. I mean, listen, the only reason I don't eat meat is because I don't want to turn into a, into a lesbian. <laughs> Here's my proof. This is the proof I've been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew those pesky Russians would uh, actually prove your lesbian meat theory? Absolutely. I will, you know, there's a slight lie. I do like a, a bit of meat inside me, but... Um, but no, I don't actually eat meat. <laughs> yeah, do you know it's funny because over the last uh, over the last couple of years, actually, where it all really started, growing up on the northwest coast of Ireland, I've always adored fish, um, and it was main part of the diet back there. Were you but born during... in North Island, Northern Ireland? What gives it away? It's the um, way you walk. Oh, I know it's the wiggle, <laughs> but. <laughs> Over lockdown one, I uh, there was a company which was selling veg boxes, and the lovely Joe, who was oh, you'd like Joe a heck of a lot. Um, Did he have a heartbeat? Yes. Then um, I like Joe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we all know that's not even compulsory. Um, <laughs> but Joe, I told is, you that in secret. Joe, Joe used to rock up at our door in his uh, lovely grey tracksuit trousers, <gasps> and um, with no I, underwear. I knew I mean, that sorry. would get you hard racing. <laughs> Uh, but really handsome bloke and a proper proper geezer. He has a he has a fish stall in Billingsgate Market. So he started delivering fish along with the veg boxes. And yeah. Simon and I just ended up getting, I mean, this incredible fish that was just in that morning in Billingsgate tasted incredible. And we started doing that. And we haven't really gone back to, I mean, we'll have we'll have spag bowl maybe once a fortnight or or uh kind of steak ramen maybe once a fortnight. And that's about we rarely eat. We've kind of gone to, to I mean, we're kind of 95% on the way to being pesky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's great. I mean, to, to me, it doesn't bother me if other people eat meat at all. I mean, I don't like the sight of dead meat in supermarkets. You know, that's just for me. But I couldn't care less if somebody else eats meat. But I do think there are health benefits to it. Absolutely. Um, proven benefits to cutting down at least the amount of certain meats that you eat. I believe red meats have healthy properties. So I'm told, again, I, I'm a complete non-meat eater, so I, I don't know 100%. But mm -hmm. um, I do think there are proven benefits to heart attacks and strokes and things to not eating as much. So, yeah, so, yeah I mean, you you do strike me as a sausage man. Do you, do you like a sausage in you? 
No, randomly, I'm not the biggest oh. fan. And in fact, pork in general. No, I won't say pork in general because, dear God, I could eat. And I was a veggie for two years back yeah. in my early 20s. Sure. And I got very run down because I wasn't taking enough supplements. And back then I didn't cook as well as I do now and didn't have enough vitamins and, and minerals in my diet and was very run down and had a cold and walked past a, a sandwich shop back at home at the time and uh, the smell of baking cooking in it. I walked in and was like, I want a chicken and bacon sandwich. And on the way home that night, I bought a massive packet of bacon. And had So I adore bacon. But apart from that, I detest pork, like pork chops or fillets. It, even the consistency, I don't like. And yeah, but bacon's kind of the odd exception. Don't really like chicken. Don't like the, the well, it doesn't really have a taste anymore. I remember, do you know what I remember? I don't think it's called chicken anymore. I think they call it twink now, don't they? Mm-hmm. Well, Oh, there's another story there. Um, <laughs> but I remember being, gosh, I would have been maybe 10. And my mum sent me for a uh, run to our local butchers for a chicken. And the only reason I remember so vividly that it was a five pound note I had was because, you know, when I was 10, I mean, we're, we're, we're heading back to the, the mid 80s. And for me, excuse me, for me having a fiver in my hand, it was just a, it was quite a sum of money almost yeah. 40 years ago. And, yeah. Um, wandered around with his fiver and I remember that's what the chicken cost so nearly 40 years ago it was five pounds for a chicken how can you 40 years later sell one for three pounds 50 in Tesco which which seems to be the standard price now um and it's no wonder they don't have flavor because they're not organic they're not farm farm rare they're not uh, back then there was no such thing as organic it was just you know certainly in Northern Ireland it was just fresh veg and stuff that was I mean it was organic Back yeah. then, it was organic. Everything was just standard organic because if you wanted it, it had to be... The world wasn't open like it is today. So if you wanted meat or you wanted veg, it had to be grown somewhere nearby. Yeah, exactly. So organic was the only way. Well, I don't remember having... I had this conversation... <laughs> excuse me. I had this conversation with friends. And I'm sure I'm not exaggerating when I say... I don't remember having a red or a green pepper before. I, so I moved to London when I was uh, 19. I'll never forget the first day there. Got off the flight. And this is still at the time of uh, Northern Irish terrorism. So I was sure people would judge me on my accent. So I sat in this tube with about five big bags and didn't uh, didn't look up at anybody. And I remember this couple laughing, going, oh, have you just moved here? And I'm like, yeah. Um, and the guy saying, oh, have, have you brought your granny with you? What, what's in all those bags? And I was just like, uh. and I got off in Holloway Road and I knew I had to go to Nags Head, but could not find. And of course, this massively predates smartphones. Couldn't figure out where I had to go. And I remember this. Uh, first of all, I asked this woman at a bus stop who happened to be an elderly Irish woman. And she looked at me sternly and said, oh, you don't know where you've come here. There's no jobs. There's no money. It's an awful place. And I'm like, Oh, thanks a million. Um, and I You're sat welcome. down. In, yeah, <laughs> sat down in this park bench, and this lovely lesbian with massive uh, piercings everywhere and tattoos everywhere came up to me and said, "Are you okay? You look a bit forlorn." And I was like, "I can't find this halls of residence." And she said, "Oh, that's it, just over there behind you." Um, and she was just lovely, and um, yeah, I'll never forget that uh, that first day. But I went down shortly after, and the only shop open was Waitrose. It was about half three in a Sunday, and I remember buying cream cheese and fresh bread and cream. The the stuff they still sell in the deli, the cream cheese with chives, 
I'm one of the fresh baguettes. And I sat thinking, I've never tasted food like this before. It's, um, you know, I got back and then obviously, I guess the next day went and did a proper shop. But um, just it's funny how some memories just are so vivid in your head. That that I remember like it was yesterday. Did you know that with bell peppers, because you started off by saying, you know, they didn't come in, was it red and green? Well, I could. I don't remember us having them in Northern Ireland. I remember us having locally grown veg. Well, did you know they're all the same pepper? Just picked at a different stage? That I never knew. Yeah, so for example, a green pepper is an unripened red one. So so that's a bit like kind of the whole raisin and grape and all yes. of sultanas. And I think yes. they're all, aren't they all grapes of some different that's stage right. of ripening? Yeah, and a bell pepper. So particularly talking about the bell ones here not all peppers but the bell pepper that we know to be green red and yellow they're the same pepper just picked at a different part of his life that's so weird i always wondered because there are sometimes you can see different colors in um and i thought they were just peppers with a mixed heritage i, I didn't no. realize that that mixed heritage well yeah i thought they were a kind of combination <laughs> of red and green this one's from new zealand this one's from England. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, that's how it works. Yeah, so there you wow. go. You see, we're just educational and everything, aren't we, really? We, well, if know. we can be educational, because we only have about a minute left. <coughs> if we can be educational, and my apologies that I've coughed a few times tonight. I am um, victim to I'm the... muting. I've learned how to mute to cough, but Kevin hasn't. Well, the ever the never ending bloody merry go round of calls that yes. I've had for the last yeah um, that we both have. But have you got Disney Plus? I do. And have you watched Pride on it? I've already seen Pride, but... The five yeah. episodes. Oh. Not Pride the movie. Pride oh. the series that Disney launched for Pride, either this year or last year. Oh, I'll give it a watch. Oh, it's incredible. And people telling their lovely stories. What I didn't realise is that 1950s America was quite tolerant. Um, Sorry, and then... The post-war, the McCarthy era, um, when McCarthy couldn't nail down communists and yeah. catch them, he moved on to LGBT community. Yeah. But some of the stories, and there are some incredible trans stories in the, the first episode. Oh, I shall um, give that a watch. it's insightful. It's fabulous. Um, Simon and I have decided we're not going to binge, but we watched the first one last night. We're not going to binge it because it's only five one-hour episodes, so we're going to pace it over the next week to give us something to, to look forward to. And we'll be back next week, same time, same place. Take care, and we'll see you next week. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.